0: All right, this is week three of what God wanted us to hear on how he designed us in body, in soul, and in spirit. Of course, in body we know that is our physical being. It is the, the cells, the nerves, the organs, all of uh, what I would call the temple or the dwelling for our soul and our spirit. Last week we talked about our soul, meaning our, our natural core, that which gives us our unique personality. And our soul is, is encompassed by our mind, our emotions, and our will, the, the choices that we make. Today we need to focus on our spirit, our spiritual core, the God-conscious part of us that determines our identity in Christ. Spirit, the aspect of us that connects or refuses to connect to God. It's our inner core. It's our spiritual core. Once we receive Jesus as Savior, like I said last week, our spirit is immediately born again. Our spirit is converted. Our spirit is regenerated. And the good news is we have continuous contact with God continuous contact with God our spirit relates to God's spirit the Holy Spirit I don't think we're tapping into that nearly enough I want to remind you that we have the ability to be in constant contact continuous communication with God so that's where we're going to go today, and I want to start by taking you to Romans 8. I'm going to be reading from the the Common English Bible today. Uh, Romans 8, starting with the fifth verse. Take out your phones if you got your Bible. Come on, get your Bibles out, whatever it looks like to you. Uh, Romans 8, starting with the fifth verse. Now, the way we live is based on the Spirit, not based on selfishness. Selfishness is going to be our sinful nature or our own desires. People whose lives are based on selfishness, think about selfish things. But people whose lives are based on the Spirit, think about things that are related to the Spirit. The attitude that comes from selfishness leads to death. But the attitude that comes from the Spirit leads to life and peace. So the attitude that comes from selfishness is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law because it can't. People who are self-centered aren't able to please God. But you aren't self-centered. Instead, you are in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, if in fact God's Spirit lives in you. If anyone doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to him. If Christ is in you, the Spirit is your life because of God's righteousness. That means our identity comes from Christ Jesus, our Lord. The body is dead because of sin. If the spirit of the one who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, the one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your human bodies also through his spirit that lives in you. So then, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. But it isn't an obligation to ourselves to live our lives on the basis of selfishness. If you live on the basis of selfishness, our own desires out of our sinful nature, you're going to die. But if you put to death the actions of the body with the spirit, you will live. All who are led by God's spirit are God's sons and daughters. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to lead you back again into fear, but you received a spirit that shows you are adopted as his children. With his spirit, you cry, Abba, Father. The same spirit agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. But if we are children, we are also heirs. We are God's heirs and fellow heirs with Christ if we really suffer with him so that we can also be glorified with him. I want to take you back to one verse. The same Spirit, the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. The Word of God for the people of God, thanks be to God. We need to live as God's children. We have access to all of the fruits of the Spirit. We have access to the guidance, the direction, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We have freedom. We have wisdom, knowledge, discernment. We have power and authority because of God's Spirit living in us. I say this a lot, but we've got to step it up a few notches. We have all of that. We have access to all of that. And we're missing out. So what do we have to do? We have to live our lives guided by the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit is in us and I just have to tell you it's a United Methodist thing You know, it's not one of those other denominations that you think is off the wall United Methodists fully believe and claim the Holy Spirit and the power that we are given Come on. I mean this should be exciting John Wesley, after all, the founder of United Methodism, had this Holy Spirit experience. And he he described it as, my heart was strangely warmed. I'm sure he didn't have any other words to describe that supernatural thing that happened. But he knew all of a sudden that he knew that God existed. And that was through the power of the Holy Spirit. So with that in mind... I just say we need to open ourselves up a bit. God's got so much for us. And, and uh, let's see. Oh, through the Holy Spirit, God is lovingly present and amazingly active. Lovingly present. But oh, wow, amazingly active. Now, I want to also go to Romans 8 again, but this time uh, go back up to uh, verses 3 and 4. And I've chosen to to go a little deeper in the amplified version this time. You got, just just go there with me. Sorry, this is, I'm so excited today. (laughs) Mm. Romans 8, starting with the third verse. For what the law could not do, that is overcome sin and remove its penalty, its power, being weakened by the flesh, that's man's nature, man's nature without the Holy Spirit, God did. So let me say that again. For what the law could not do, God did. He sent his only son in the likeness of sinful man as an offering for sin, and he condemned sin in the flesh. That means he subdued it, he overcame it in the person of his own son, so that the righteous and just requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not live our lives in the ways of flesh guided by worldliness or sinful nature, but that we would live our lives in the ways of the Spirit guided by his power. All right, that's what we're supposed to do. Okay, so how do we do it? Do you remember the story of Mary? First, angel Gabriel visited her and said, you're going to be pregnant and and that's going to be a Holy Spirit thing and go see your cousin Elizabeth. She went to her cousin Elizabeth and and she said, you are highly favored among women. And Mary started giving this what's called a magnificat, a glory to God kind of song. And Scripture says this, my, Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Now, let me, let me try to explain that a little bit to you. Her spirit was filled with such joy when she had that communion, that connection with God, that then her soul, her mind, her emotions, her will took over in manifesting it Or expressing it. She lived and acted in her spirit. In other words, Mary opened herself up to what God would have for her so that her spirit would relate with God's Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, her soul glorified the Lord. Her soul, her mind, emotions, her will expressed what she felt deep within her spirit. That's what we're called to do. That's how we're called to live. So how do we do this? I simply say, and I I know I've said this a lot, we have to open up to the spirit's guidance. What does that mean? It means that we have to get away from sticking strictly in our mind of Of the rules of how things should be done. Yes, I just said that. Because if we stick to the rules of religion, we're closing ourselves out from the Holy Spirit's work. So that's why we're becoming more free in worship. Because in this place, in this house of worship, there are no rules about what it looks like. There's not a right way or a wrong way to worship. I'm pushing it this morning. We have to open up. We have to get ourselves out of the way. We get our sinful nature, our ideas, our own desires of, oh, I want to look like I I'm, I'm a spirit-filled person. I want to look like we get all those desires out of the way and we sh- simply show up and we say, God, I'm here and I long to be in communion with you. I long to hear from you. I desire more of you. I am hungry and thirsty for you. We open up to the personal And passionate love that God has for us you know so many of us go through life and we know it up here that God loves us but we never can live it out because we don't receive all that he has for us and we think it has to look a certain way well if God is such a unique God and created each one of us in his image very uniquely then the way we respond to his spirit is going to be very personal and very unique. So the ways in which you and God commune may not be the ways in which God and I commune. Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit continuously is reminding us of how loved and accepted and complete we are in Jesus Christ. Now, we will go our own way because we are broken, wounded, sinful people. But the Holy Spirit will continue to convict us and will ask us to acknowledge our waywardness and to come back to Christ. We confess our selfishness. We trust that God will continue to transform us. You see... I wanted to make something clear and I think I completely forgot it last week. This this process of spiritual formation, the transformation of our body, mind and spirit is an ongoing thing. It continues, it's a long unfolding process and it continues until eternity. That process involves the the Abba, Father, knowing us intimately, and we, basking in that presence, asking to know him more intimately. It's all about letting the Holy Spirit change us. How do we do that? I want to give you three things, and these aren't mine. A really cool United Methodist pastor from South Africa, Trevor Hudson is his name. Puts forth these three things but oh boy if we would just do a little bit of it the first is this ask expectantly you see I believe that God is a God of abundance a God of extravagance and he has so much to give us but yet God doesn't force himself on us So part of it is that when we are ready to go deeper, when we are ready for that that closer communion, when we want to understand more of who he is and what his will is for our lives, then we've got to ask for it. Oh God, I hunger and I thirst for you. Ask God to, to empower you or ask God to refresh or renew or refill your spirit. Ask God to strengthen you. Ask God to breathe that breath of life into you through the power of his Holy Spirit. Ask for more of the Holy Spirit's presence. Ask for him to put people in your path that will help you understand and to help you uh, maybe just relax a little bit in not following the rules so much. Listen to this from the message. This is from Romans 8 again. But this just puts it into perspective. Ask expectantly. Get on with your new life. God's Holy Spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Adventurously expectant. What does that look like to you? I love an adventure. It's adventurously expecting. Greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? What's next, Daddy? Mm. God's Holy Spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we are. God is calling us to say, I need you. I need you, Daddy. What's next? And if you're one of those that visual images help, then I would suggest visualizing just this loving Father who wants you to crawl up on his lap, and he wants to bring you close, and he wants to love on you, no matter what's going on in your life. All right, that's ask ask expectantly. The second thing is receive thankfully. You know, we're not that great at receiving. We feel that part of our calling as as Christ followers is to give and give and give. And this is huge, that we need to receive thankfully. Take hold of the promises of God. Are you a person that's going to be closed fisted? And still going to do your thing your own way? Are you going to open up your hands and say, What's next, Daddy? Lead me. Guide me. Thank you. Thank you. And the last is to live longingly. When we were singing... That was an expression of our longing of our hearts. Let me be more aware of your presence. Let me experience the glory of your goodness. So let me just say, don't be satisfied where you are because our God is such a good God. He has so much more for you and for me. Hunger and thirst for more. Go deeper in contact, in communion with God. And I just have to say that this is not one of those spiritual thrill rides that you, you know, like a a roller coaster where you want to get a high of, um, what are those? um, Endorphins. Thank you. (laughs) Nick looks at me like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) It's not that. It, It goes to the core of who we are. It's a matter of following Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. It's a matter of being obedient. It's a matter of being in intentional worship and communion with him. What does that look like to you? Because God is saying to each one of you and to me, I love you so much. Come on. Come sit with me. I want to share with you my will for your life. Dig into my word. I'll help you understand it through the power of my spirit. Oh, you're having a challenge at work or you can't get it together at your house? Come, talk to me about it. Let me in. Give me more of who you are because I've got so much more for you, God's saying. That's the good news. And that's what God desires for us. God desires for us to be healthy in physical body, in our soul, and in our spirit. Let it be so in the name of Jesus.